Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hello, this is Blaze with Full Spectrum Feeling, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, I want to talk about communication and communication skills and the different ways that we receive or don't receive what other people are saying and how we're all kind of fumbling through life in our own little worlds and our own little experiences, and we take things in interesting ways. So bear with me as we dive into the exciting and often complicated and stressed out world of trying to communicate to the people that you care about and feeling like they have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I have been talking, well, I mean, I'm always talking, right? I'm always talking with people, but I'm talking with clients, talking with friends, and it's amazing to me how frequently it comes up that we're all just looking for a way to be understood. When people are having communication problems, it's all about we have a need to be understood and we feel like we're not getting that across. We're not being received properly. We get angry and frustrated that the other person doesn't get what we're trying to say. And I see this a lot with my daughter too, where I will hear something she says, and I will give her my response. And she might have a meltdown and say, well, you're not reacting the way I wanted you to. And that means that you don't love me. You don't understand. You'll never understand how I feel. And my goodness, it just brings me back to my own childhood. And I I feel all those feelings again. I guess that's what parenthood is, is just reliving through your past through the eyes of someone else and being on the other end of that conversation and going, oh my gosh, how did we get here? (laughs) But what I've come to realize is it's not any one person's fault in in these experiences, but it is a collaboration between two people. And those two people are doing their best to communicate what they understand about a situation. And often they're not even talking about the same thing. And it's also two people drawing conclusions about what the other person is saying, doing, not doing, whatever, without understanding what that other person is living or experiencing, and assuming that we know why they're doing something or what's going on. And when we get down to it, the breakdown in communication is always around the misinterpretation of what the other person means. Almost all the time, I think we're much more willing to accept that someone else doesn't agree with us but it's about the meaning that we put on that that drives the separation between individuals and the conflict that happens all the time. So it's interesting trying to teach myself how to not create more conflicts or get sucked into this stuff and to just see it for what it is and be a neutral observer in my own life. And that's really, really hard, (laughs) y'all. We can think that we're doing a good job of it, and sometimes we are for, you know, impressively long periods of time, but it's not 100%. And it's always going to be something that you have to experience and go through and re-teach yourself and reassess each situation. And it really requires 
being present in the moment that you're talking with someone else to try to actually seek to understand, not to just hear and get what we want, but to actually show up curious and figure out what is being communicated, what is the need underneath that communication, and how can I respond to that need and not necessarily the request in words. It's about, for me anyway, learning not to be so damn literal and think about, well, wait, what what are they actually saying? What's What's the need underneath that? And learning how to respond in a way that acknowledges that emotion. I think that's really beautiful too. When you can notice and be present enough to feel someone else's emotional state and how they're conveying it through their words, it allows you, one, to have more compassion, for me at least. And particularly in instances with my daughter, when she is particularly strung out or sad or stressed. And I can feel that in her communication and reflect that back to her and really show her that I am receiving what she is putting out there and confirm like, oh, wow, I hear that you're really stressed out about this and it feels like blah, is that right? And to get corrected or not, and then say, well, why do you think this is happening? And to get her interpretation of it. For some reason, it's a lot easier with children, I guess, because we're much more willing to ask that, whereas it seems difficult to ask a grown-ass person, what did you mean by that? Or what do you think is happening with your feelings? I think when adults hear that, we feel like someone's being condescending to us or being mean or making fun of us. But with children, it can be a lot more pure and honest. So when I ask that, I can get the feedback and go, oh, this is what she believes is happening. And that's why she's feeling this way. This is what she believes that I'm doing and what she believes that means. This is what she thinks my action is about. And this is why she's sad. So being able to acknowledge what she's feeling and confirm it and not tell her not to feel that way and just go, wow, that feels really shitty. I'm sorry that you're feeling like that. I feel like that too. And here's why we're still not going to do what you want to do. That's the toughest one with kids is realizing that you can't just give them what they want all the time. We can go into that one in a little bit. Yes, parenting. (laughs) Oh, actually, let's just go into it now. So my daughter, she's lucky in a lot of ways. Like she is the youngest, the only girl, the, yeah, just the youngest in general, the only grandchild on one side. So she has a lot of attention and a lot of physical objects coming in from all directions at all times. There is very little that she will express an interest in that she doesn't just get to have. And it's been a source of concern and stress for me going, I don't want her to have everything that she desires at a whim, because that's not really in my mind how life works. And I guess it kind of is for her right now, but I don't know that that sets her up to be happy long-term or to be grateful for what she has or to understand you know, where things come from. So I I've been on a, on a crusade, I guess, to help her not have instant gratification all the time. And in today's society where everything is just turn on the show you want, get the show you want, buy what you want, eat what you want. I'm working on that. So recently she wanted to take one of my objects, my little lavender sleeping doll. And, um, 
It's like a little pillow filled with little lavender beans and mine's a hamster and it's adorable. And I like it. And she has her own. She has a little leopard and it's nice. And she's liked it for several years or at least a year now. Well, one day she was in my room and she decided that she liked mine more than she liked hers. And she asked if she could have mine. And I said, you know, no, I like mine. I'll let you hug it tonight while you're in my room, but it's, it's mine. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, what, what I just said, I, I'm not giving it to you. I will let you hold it while you're here, but I can't give it to you because I like it. And she thought about it for a little bit and said, well, how about I trade you? You can have my leopard because I like yours more and you can have, I'll have your hamster. And I said, I don't really want to trade. I like mine. And she was unhappy with this decision. So there was a lot of tears and angst and flinging of the pillow and tears. Why can't I have it? Why don't you love me? A real mom would give it to me. Oh my gosh, all of the things. And what I really stayed in the moment with her was, you know, I know that it feels very bad to not get what you want. It does feel bad. I'm I'm not going to take that away from you. That is true. And she says, well, if you know that I'm feeling bad, why wouldn't you try to make it better? And I said, well, in this instance, you're asking for something that I like and that I want to keep. And this is going to come up for you in life, that there will be things that you want that other people have that they either can't or won't or don't want to give you. And their answer will be no. And being able to deal with that feeling of disappointment and anger and injustice and whatever you're feeling is normal. And you need to know how to do that on your own. You have to have experience with it. You don't get better at dealing with that feeling by never having that feeling. So taking away that experience from you actually is worse than letting you just feel bad right now. And you know, she's young, so it didn't go over great. (laughs) But uh, we conceded that she felt bad and sad. And I said, you know, I will hold you and you can hold the hamster right now and we'll fall asleep and we'll talk about it more on another day. And she's like, well, will your answer be different on another day? I said, honestly, I don't want to talk about it right now. I don't think it's going to be, but telling you that right now is making you very upset. So let's hold off on that conversation for a while. So we got to the next day and she asked about it again in the evening. And now she has constructed an entire history of how she's always loved the hamster more than what she has. I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. And I'm just watching it going, gosh, I've done this too. Like you have the thing that you want and then you don't get it. And then it becomes like a big story and a big obsession. And now it's the only thing you've ever wanted. And you've always wanted it, even though that actually wasn't reality yesterday. So I'm watching her do this. And I'm able to watch it with some compassion going, Oh, man, like, God, we're so human, we do this, we do this all the time. How do we come off of that? How can we communicate with kindness? A no, to someone who really wants what you have. So gosh, you know, it's all the feelings, right? It's jealousy, it's anger, injustice, feeling unloved, feeling unworthy. How do we acknowledge all of those while still saying, but I, I do love you and you are worthy of having things, but you can't have mine. <laughs> You're going to have to learn how to feel upset sometimes and then figure out where you go from there to be less upset. So over the next few days, we've had more conversations about this and she has decided that she will try liking what she has a little more, even though she didn't really believe me at first that she could like it as much. And then she's like, I guess it's not that bad. And it's been an interesting and more gentle progression. 
And I guess the reason I'm bringing it up and why I've been thinking about it so much is because it shows us how malleable we really can be when we acknowledge how we really feel and have that acknowledged by someone else. Being able to show up and be willing to scream, cry, be sad, upset, whatever about what we want and throw the fit and have someone witness that and go, I feel you. That's completely valid. And the answer is still no. And be with us there without giving in, without changing the mind, like actually holding that container and saying, nope, this is how it's going to be. And how would you like to handle it? There are a few different ways. This one seems to be making you more upset. This one seems to be not making you happy. It's making you angry, but that's actually better than being in despair. So we could go that way. That's fine. And helping her kind of get through all those emotions. And now she's hit a point where she is pretty okay. She likes her item again. She's not obsessed with mine. I think it might come up a few more times, but with each time, it's a little more gentle and she's a little less interested. She's curious about it. And I think she's aware of what's happening in that conversation, which is pretty cool too. Ah, it's just a fascinating experience. And I think about it in the broader context of how people communicate with each other and how often we show up and we want something or we need something and we want someone to understand And the other person just tells us no, and they have their own reasons. But most of the time, we don't explain ourselves in a way that the other person can receive. And then we don't get into the deeper layers of why it's so painful. Like for my daughter, hearing the no from me, she interpreted as, I don't really care about her that deeply, and I don't want her to be happy. And I had to be able to acknowledge that head on for her to be able to start to repair that and go, Hey, I understand that I'm really disappointing you right now. And I know that that feels like I'm not loving you very much. And I want you to know that I really do love you and that this is a hard one. And I know that it doesn't feel good. And I love you enough to let you learn how to feel uncomfortable and sad because it's an important thing to do. We're all going to have to do it. And I would rather be here with you for that than have you have to do it the first time all by yourself out in the world. You're going to get better and better at this. And it's not a fun thing. It really isn't, but it is part of being human. So I think you're doing great. Giving her that message, I think really, it's so powerful. I wish someone had been able to do that for me when I was small. Goodness. It just, it it blows my mind how cool it is (laughs) having these conversations with her. But I think it's also because I've been learning to have these conversations with myself And really working on how I receive things and what I think is going on and noticing that I do tell myself stories about what someone did or didn't do and how I think that relates to me. And it's really taken a conscious effort for me to go, you know what, this is what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling, but I don't know that. And I never asked them. I don't know what they were thinking or why their reasons are. And I'm making a huge assumption that's not in my favor. How interesting. So my friends, I would ask you to consider where you've made a huge assumption about what someone's action or inaction means about you. If you have those, because we all have those, gosh, I have them too. And to maybe give yourself a little grace this week to go, oh, wow, I'm just having, I'm having an assumption. I'm having a thought and it really isn't helping me feel better. And it's interesting that I chose a story that makes me feel bad. I wonder what also might be true or what I could ask and find out what's really going on or get more depth there. I think it could lead to much deeper connections with the people in your life, or at the very least, 
much less hangups about what you're going through in your own brain if you choose not to bring it to them. I find a lot of relief in asking that question and never taking it to the other person and just allowing myself to soothe myself and get get over it in a way or just um, feel through it. I wouldn't say get over it, feel through it. And then it's actually felt through and I don't have to feel it anymore. And then I'm onto something lighter and happier and more pleasant. Mm. Friends, I am wishing you a wonderful week. I hope you are enjoying this marvelous autumn and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.